What's up, gamers? You are watching Kind of Funny Games Daily for the 30th of November 2021. I am your host, Tamar Hussain, and joining me once again is Gary Witter. How are you doing, Gary? Good. Third time hosting third together. Time. I've enjoyed the, the first two. Let's see how the third one we've, goes. We've been a good combo so far, I think. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's good to have a like-minded, like-voiced person to talk to every now and then. <laughs> the question is, are we going to waste another, as we've done both shows so mm -hmm. far together, waste another 30 minutes just talking about a bunch about of random. British bullshit that 90% of our audience won't I mean, understand. people, based on what I've seen, people are like, I don't understand any of it, but it sounds cool, <laughs> and I'm enjoying it. But I think we've like rapidly run out of most of most <laughs> British things. Like Earlier today, I was looking at a... Uh, a, a, a new story about crazy frog and i was like is that a british thing yeah crazy frog is coming back can you believe He's that coming He's back. back and it, like it's such a which is weird because canonically they killed him off like he's dead Crazy Frog should be dead. Listen, so they've like, no one's ever dead when there's still money to be made. They'll always find know, a way to bring those characters what back. What are you guys if, talking about? Was, yeah, so crazy, crazy, I guess Crazy Frog wasn't a thing here. It was huge, though, not just in the UK, but in Europe, and I think around the world, but maybe it missed America somehow. Yeah, I mean, like, if Jesus can come back for Christmas, Crazy Frog can come back for Christmas, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, ding ding, crazy frog. Jesus make a doesn't comeback. come back at Christmas. He comes I know, back at I know, Easter. I know. But I needed to make it work for. That. He's born at Christmas. That, that that's the limit of my uh, Christian knowledge. Though. Uh, yeah, uh, so he's making a comeback in December, and literally the explanation on the, the BBC have done a long article on it, and it was like, how was Crazy Frog born? And literally the the uh, the article boils down to this lad wanted some money, so they brought it back, and I was like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I was reading that article, and I remember, so Crazy Frog was at one point the number one selling um, of all time ringtone. Mm -hmm. Back, remember when ringtones were a thing? You would yeah. buy a ringtone? Yeah, there were adverts for ringtones on the TV oh, for yeah. people who don't yeah. know what Crazy Frog is for context. It was this really annoying frog that did a song called Axel F, which is the Beverly Hills Cop theme, mm -hmm. um, and would just replace all the sounds with a ding, 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 and it was just, just really brilliant. annoying, like, kind of... Infuriating, like hyper high pitched um, vocalizations. Yeah. It's, it's hard to explain it if you like, but that, just don't. But if you wanted to, no. you can go to YouTube and see it for yourself. But yeah. he's coming back, apparently. Yeah, he's crazy. coming back, and Lord knows what. what he's, I'd love it if he did. What movie theme would he want? I would love to see him do like Ding Ding on the Avengers theme, which is pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, that would be that'll be a way to sell it. Um, <laughs> but I want to I want to kick off by giving you something I know you love because one, um, it lets us talk about your Christmas jumper. But two, because I know you love Four Guys. Update for Four Guys. New season's kicking off. Yeah, today. Yep. And the big update for, for me is Jin Sakai from Ghost of Tsushima is oh, now that's available right, yeah. in the game. There's a samurai outfit and a ghost outfit, which is amazing. How are you feeling about uh, Four Guys now that the new season has started? And tell us also about your Christmas jumper. Um, this actually was sent to me by the good people at Mediatonic. This is the official Four Guys uh, Christmas jumper, and uh, it felt appropriate. I saw you on Twitter early today talking about maybe wearing a yeah. Christmas sweater for the own. show. I feel like you know, once we get past Thanksgiving, we can you know, we can turn on the Mariah Carey. We can fully get into it. Put your tree <laughs> up, get the Christmas jumpers on, start drinking the uh, you know all the peppermint drinks and what have you. We're actually going to go out and get our tree uh, later today. Nice. And so I was going through my Christmas jumpers early today. I've got a bunch of nerdy ones. I've got like a Mario one and a Star Wars one and mm. various other things. But um, this one, first of all, fits me the best because it's very baggy. Uh, but also Fall Guys Season 6 out today. I'm uh, going to be playing that later later today. So felt like a double celebration. Yeah. I, I, I've always loved Fall Guys. 
But in the last, like the last couple of updates, I kind of fell off it a little bit. But when a new update comes out and there's new rounds, mm-hmm. you always want to go back and see what's new. So yeah, my my uh, daughter's very excited about it as well. She's a big Fall Guys player. We're going to check it out later today, so season awesome. six. So like. Uh- that is that is brilliant. Also, I'm going to do an explainer of my Christmas jumper. What is that? Like satanic? What segment. is that? Kind of. So, like, as people who don't know, I am a Muslim. Traditionally, we don't celebrate Christmas. However, I'm also, you know, a child of the Western world, and I have got no beef with Christmas. You know what I'm saying? I'm progressive when it comes like that. So, very much, I am a, I'm a product of, you know, South Asian meets Western kind of like uh, traditions. And I thought, what better way to to kind of uh, highlight that, then pick a jumper that represents the melding of two unexpected different sources of, uh, uh, of background and history. So I wore this special jumper that I'm sure anime fans will, rec- will, will recognize. Go on then. It's a... Oh no. What is that? That's the a chimera that was created. Oh no, it's very sad. What anime is that from? Uh, Brotherhood. <laughs> Yes, it's a character called uh, Oh, Nina the, th- from... the, the thing where they go to that place and he made that and he made that horrible thing. Yes. Anyway, yes, let's, I, let's oh just God, move was, on oh, from that. Horrible. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I I remember watching that episode and I had to block it out of my my mind because it was so awful. Didn't they end up killing that guy? They had to kill him, right? Because he was so. It was a girl. It was a girl mixed with their dog. It's very sad. <laughs> no, but it was like the dad, like the scientist yeah, or whatever. Sure, Tucker, yeah, 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 the yeah, suing sorry. life alchemist. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, God. Anyways, today's stories include the GTA trilogy patch, Starfield teasers, Nintendo making some changes to improve diversity and more because this is kind of funny games daily where each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv forward slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know to you know, justify your intense love of video games. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong, which never happens by going to kindoffunny.com forward slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com forward slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or listen on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, you can use the Epic Creator Code on games like Fortnite and Rocket League, by typing in kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases and you support the channel by doing that very easy to be part of the show head to patreon.com forward slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping i mean goddamn one time let it be a bad game of sweep in the Hawkeye episode one and two review is up now on YouTube and it features Tim, Nick and Kevin breaking down all their thoughts and feelings on the new Marvel show that is on youtube.com forward slash kind of funny. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm, I hear it's amazing, the show and the breakdown. So uh, make sure you check it out. Today is Giving Tuesday and we're raising money for Project Hope and we are streaming Avengers, Marvel's Avengers, yes, and we can't stream Marvel's Avengers without having one Greg Miller returning, along with Snowbike Mike, um, and they're going to check out uh, Spider-Man on the opening day, which is today. Um, and oh, then you can Spider-Man see- comes out today that as well? That is, yep, that is of course going to be on kindoffunny.com, uh, kindoffunny.com, twitch.tv forward slash kindoffunnygames. Um, thank you to our Patreon producers, Pranksy and Blackjack, and today we're brought to you by Purple Mattress, DraftKings, and Liquid IV, but we'll tell you more about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and will forever be the Roper Report. 
It's time for some MFing news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen! That might actually be five. I think I made the last minute edit. We'll see how that goes. Number one story is GTA Trilogy patch fixes more than 100 bugs. This, of course, coming from the number one video game website on the internet. It is GameSpot.com, written by Eddie McCoot. A new update for GTA Trilogy, the definitive edition, is out now, and it includes more than 100 fixes for the game's various issues that have soured the experience for some. This update arrives not long after Rockstar apologized for the issues with GTA 3, Vice City and San Andreas, acknowledging that the game did not release in a state that lived up to developers' own expectations and what fans wanted to see. The November 30th patch includes general stability improvements across all three games and fixes a long list of bugs. In particular, the update improves how rain looks so it's not totally overwhelming in GTA 3. (laughs) Uh, it's wild. The update fixes a number of spelling errors too, while it also addresses how CJ's body looks. Um, the patch also adds a new feature in the form of a cinematic camera, which can be toggled on and off. Overall, Rockstar said it is hopeful that all three games will eventually reach the level of quality that they deserve to be, with the new updates that improve the experience. Um, we gave it a 4 out of 10 and said it had a hell of a lot of issues. And according to a report, if GTA re-releases perform well, Rockstar might remaster Red Dead Redemption next and Take-Two's Carl Sackhoff um, recently outlined Take-Two's position on the remaster saying it's all about money, which is an interesting place to be. So Gary, what I wanted to ask you was the statement, not statement, the fact that they said we're hoping to eventually get it to a good place is absolutely wild to me for grand theft auto three of the most beloved games of all time genre defining medium defining games set the stage and set the formula template for modern open world games and they're like we'll get it to a place where it's acceptable at some point how do you feel about this yeah i i I couldn't agree more this is a story that has been very relevant to my interest because i've been playing the games i got the, the i got the trilogy i was very interested to revisit them and i assumed like a fool that rockstar would do a good job with them because these are the crown jewels right these are these are the three games that kind of made them who they are today right gta 3 vice city and san andreas that th- those three games you know occupy a very significant um uh place in the pantheon of the development of video games just overall right you know we've, we've there's a lot's been said and rightly so about just how historically significant gta 3 is in kind of opening up the whole open world genre and taking games in that direction uh but certainly in the history of rockstar those games are incredibly significant and so i assumed that rockstar would would acknowledge that they have kind of a duty of care towards these games these crown jewels in their library and would do right by them when they ship them and they didn't right they were a fucking mess i was playing vice city and i personally didn't didn't encounter anything too bad like it's like there was some weird some weirdness here and there but i thought it was basically okay but then i started watching some of the youtube videos and seeing some of the experiences that other people were happening were having and it was clear that these games shipped in a like in an absolute unacceptable state and i find mm. it shocking jeff gersman uh tweeted something about this to the effect the other day in a more general sense i think he was referring to battlefield 2042 when he said do you remember the old days when a developer would lay out its roadmap 
uh, you know, post-release. And it would be like for a bunch of, you know, new content and DLC and, you know, the positive places the game would go, as opposed to what the roadmap is now post-release, which is basically, oh my God, we're so sorry. Here are all the patches yeah. that are going to fix the broken game that we shipped. And, mm. you know, we, we're hearing this way too often these days. We're seeing it right now with Battlefield. Uh, we saw it, we're seeing it right now with, with GTA. Um, and it's and it's shocking. And I think it's particularly shocking in the case of Rockstar with these crown jewel titles that they had. Yeah. I honestly don't understand how, how they could have been either so negligent or so apathetic to the state of the games that they allowed them to go out. Like, was there no one at Rockstar or in the Take-Two hierarchy anywhere that looked at these games before release and said, okay, we these can't go out. But, like, I don't care what yeah. it costs. Like, these cannot go out. But these like, are not but, ready. But, but, but Gary, like, isn't it true that Grand Theft Auto Online is still broken as fuck? Like, yeah, and, yeah you know and, what I mean? And, when, and, you, I mean, when, like, when, when you make a giant, when, you, when you're like, all right, I want to go play with my friends, and you're new to it, it is an absolute disaster. And I say this because now multiple times me and Greg have been like, let's go play this game. And it's just like we get so fed up with the bullshit that yeah. like you, you, when you're like, oh, let me start a race with 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 my four friends that I'm with. It like breaks you up and you're not in the team. And it's like, why is this broken? Like, why? Yeah, I, I mean, I had an awful, one of the, so some like, of the yeah. worst experiences I've ever had in my mm. life and, and have been on been, yeah. been with GTA online and yeah. it's it's weird so rockstar's got this weird um reputation now this kind of mixed reputation where you know look at gta 5 look at red dead redemption 2 those single player experiences are fantastic right but then gta online's the gta online's a mess these these remasters are a mess i now i'm a lot less um optimistic about this gta 5 remaster that i've been waiting for because they messed these ones up so but again i, I come back to this, did did seriously nobody look yeah. at those games and say if we ship these we are going to suffer for it like no one's going to accept the games in this state it far yeah, better sure, for us sure to wait did, and, and get them like, like we we would not no, get away I'm sure with that, this did they I'm really sure think that they, they would get did. away with this i'm sure that they were like you know what it's going to make more sense to release this quarter instead of next quarter uh, for like you know annual reports or whatever, I just don't and, understand that kind uh, of thinking. Because maybe that, make, maybe that makes your quarterly maybe that makes your quarterly yeah. numbers look better in the short term, but in the long term, you have done serious long term damage to your reputation. Yeah, it is. Does nobody it is, consider that. It is. I mean, it again, is ridiculous. But like, like firstly, to kind of address what Kevin said, like Kevin's hundred percent right on GTA Online, but I don't know. I kind of give that a little more of a pass because it is ridiculous the things that that game is doing they're like jerry-rigging insane shit to that game constantly so i think to a degree they just accept that every time they make a change the kind of uh the house of cards kind of situation happens where it's going to knock into eight different things that they just aren't aware of and it's going to break in so many different ways it that is not an excuse for the end consumer any player who has a bad time but i forgive it to a degree but gary's 100 right like how did no one look at this and be like, this is a contained experience that people have an expectation of. And they also have a, they have an, a, almost like a time capsule in their brain. Yeah, and very, very these, these games are very special to a lot of people. Yeah, we all have if, fond memories of these games. Yeah, the, the general line should be, if this experience degrades their rose-tinted glasses memory of GTA in any way, it should not be allowed out of the out of the gate. Like the fact that it was allowed out of the gate is it's. Is I mean, it's, it's obviously not a Rockstar but, problem. Again, we're seeing it right now with yeah. Battlefield. We've been so we saw it with Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. We've seen this short term thinking. Oh, the quarterly reports are more important than the long term damage. Yes. 
to our reputation. I don't understand it at all. Like, I think it'll... it's very blinkered thinking. I, yeah, I, there's, I... There, there's no way that this got through QA without multiple people in that pipeline going, this is messed and up. That's, and that's yeah. what I think was interesting about the apology. First of all, I appreciated and thought it was no, appropriate. That no, they did. Well, hold on, like... Kevin. I thought it was appropriate that they straight up apologized. Because mm -hmm. an apology was absolutely warranted. It's not just good enough to say, Especially from we're going to fix this. You have to apologize for what you did because you really, really fucked this up. And again, these aren't just any games. These are games that are very, very special to you know an entire generation, multiple generations of gamers that grew up with these games and love them. That's the whole reason why, that's the whole reason behind the appeal of these games is to some extent people get to play them for the first time because maybe you know they weren't old enough when they first came out. But for many of us, when I go back and revisit these games that we have such you know affection for, and it's kind of ruined it for us, right? They, they're nowhere near as good as the originals. They took briefly, at least for a time, the originals down, so it was the only way you could play these games. They make these these in many ways these so-called definitive editions are demonstrably worse than the originals. Mm. And I don't understand how they got to that. So uh, the point I wanted to make was while, and this is going back to my original point, while I appreciated the fact that they did actually apologize, which is very rare in this business, there was some really strange wording in that apology when they said, they, we, we apologize that this game ships with all these unexpected technical issues. Yeah. How the fuck was any of this unexpected? Everyone Did knew. anyone play these games before they went out? I mean, no, it, that, it's a bullshit apology. It's a bullshit apology. Yeah. They don't care. The fact is, when NPD comes out, the, the uh, this trilogy is going to be ranked up there real high, and that's yeah. why but, but, they will but, still they will still they, be doing. They could have had those NP, They could have had those NPD numbers two or three quarters from now without the reputational hit I, that look, they take. I don't by know. I don't know where their their annual year like starts take, or any take, of that. Take, it's not like Take Two's going out of business if they don't. Ship it doesn't this matter. Game but it's going to look a lot better. They have, a business. These companies are swimming in money. How yeah, fucking I think, greedy are they? I think, I think that's, the interesting thing That's what companies thing, are, though. Yeah, I think the interesting thing here is both Kevin and Gary, you're having the same, you're on the same side and you're both baffled at how this no, went but so Kevin wrong. and I are furiously agreeing with each other, right? Yeah, that's yeah, what's happening furiously. here. And like, furiously. it is, in, the, the thing that we're disagreeing on is how could this happen and they allow this to happen? And the fact we're of the matter is- We're all equally baffled as to yeah, how a company a this of, big, with this yeah. much money, with these resources, with the, you know, I presume that people at Rockstar care about their reputation. Yeah, I, I mean, right? uh, Rockstar and, if anyone, and they based really, on my really damaged it yeah. with this. Not now, but for people yeah. are going to remember this for a long fucking time. I, yeah, I mean, like the next time a, a, when they announce if they do a Red Dead Redemption remaster, people are going to be like, "Hmm." Oh yeah, but yeah, maybe wait and see because you remember yeah. what happened yeah. with, the, you with guys, the definitive trilogy. Like, people are going to definitely say that, but guess what? Oh, it's going to yeah. exactly. It's still going to yeah, sell yeah. tremendously well. And they're going to recover from this totally. And when they announce the next GTA, we're all going to be like, oh, here's our money. No, gee, here's I mean, our money. I mean, so, to me, the only solution then, and it's a really depressing conclusion to arrive at, the only solution is, oh, sorry, the, the only explanation is why they let this happen is because they just don't care. And it, it's contempt. They just, they just don't care what you think. I don't think, think it's that. they get I think, their money, yeah, they think, don't care what you think. I think it's an element. I think from the business side, it is definitely that people want to make certain amounts of money. They hit, need to hit certain metrics and KPIs within certain timeframes. That's how business works, especially mm -hmm. in games. And now with, you know, the stakes are so high with these multi-billion dollar franchises and, and, publishers and developers and the need to make money now versus to delay that gratification is so intense. I think the thing for me that really sticks out is to remember when the advent of the internet being introduced to games was happening and there was a lot of like consternation and a lot of nervousness around it and for sure the internet making its way into our everyday gaming experience has been incredible life-changing stuff. 
But this is this kind of is a symptom of one of the worst things of having internet enabled development, delivery and propagation of games where developers less so developers because I feel like generally developers understand the the issues that they face and are pushed to do this, but publishers now have a way of pushing out unfinished experiences with the we'll fix this later mm -hmm, mentality. Mm -hmm. And I think that has been one of the worst things to happen to video games in such a long time. It's been kind of elevated and normalized by early access, which I think early access is awful. I hate it. And I, I respect that people use it for really interesting things. And I love that. But early access has basically normalized or made it okay for people with the idea of releasing something that is not done. And originally there was a small subsection of games that that was okay for. Steam games on PC where there were online connectivity was a big deal or multiplayer was a big deal. And you could get away with saying, hey, we're working on this, we're gonna work mm -hmm. on this together and we'll be okay. You're gonna pay a smaller amount of money to jump in or you're gonna pay nothing and we'll figure this out and then we're gonna charge for it. But now that, that kind of mentality and the good way or the kind of understanding that the contract between people who were okay with that and were doing that on PC has been leveraged and taken advantage of by major publishers as a way to shovel out the, garbage the, the prop, and the prop, use the, it. The, I don't have as much of a problem with early access as you do, as long as it's clearly labeled as such. People know mm. what they're getting themselves into. But yeah, the it's when they charge full that. price. The, none of the issues that we're talking about right now, like Cyberpunk 2077, that wasn't early access. That was a 1.0 release that you, that you were asked 60 bucks for. Mm -hmm. 2042, that wasn't early access. There was the, the you know, the, the week you got it a week early if you paid for the Super Duper Edition or whatever. Um, and the same with uh, GTA Definitive Edition. None of these were early access. These were full price games that were shipped in boxes that were that you were expected to pay full price for. And you have a reasonable expectation that if you pay full price, you're getting a finished game. I don't get to say to EA or Rockstar or Activision or anyone else or CD Projekt, uh, here's my roadmap for how I'm going to pay you for this fucking game over the next yeah. six months. I'm, I'm working on getting to the first 20. In Q1, I'm going to ship you 20 bucks. I have to pay you up. I have to pay you up front everything right away. So why don't I get the whole game right away? Wait until the game is fucking finished. This isn't rocket science. Yeah, exactly. And like the, the difficult thing is there's not really any way. Well, there is a way, but like my, my recommendation is to for people stop pre-ordering so crazy amounts. Uh, like pre-order things are a dangerous game for me. I do not pre-order games at all because I just do not trust it these days. And also take advantage of that refund policy that a lot of these platforms have and start giving games back. Like start getting your money back for games because once that start happen starts happening and it really, like we said last time we did this show, Gary and I, like once you start impacting pocketbooks and bank accounts and financials, that's when people start paying attention. So that's the small amount of pre uh, protest that we can do like the-, so the, the for the most part, I've just stopped playing games. I'm happy to, you know, I've got such a big backlog of, of games. I'm happy to, I'll, I'll get around to a game six months from now. I mm -hmm. guess, and you know what? I'll have a better experience playing the game for the first time than you did. You had it at launch because maybe six months from now, they've actually fixed a bunch of the problems. I want my yeah. first experience with a game that I've been anticipating to be a good one. And the, and the chance, when, the, the, the time when that's least likely to happen yeah. is at launch and i you know I, i've had this rule for a while and i broke it a couple of times recently because i was really keen to try out battlefield 2042 i didn't have a good time with it maybe i'll really reinstall it after they fixed some of the issues i jumped yeah. into halo uh, early i've actually had a good they actually got that pretty yeah. much right we'll talk about the battle pass later but the actual game works 
which yeah. is so I was I was talking to someone about this the other day. I think it was um someone on last week's oh no, it was on Xcast. I was talking about oh my god, our standards are so low that we're now like giving Microsoft and 343 all these plaudits for just shipping a game that worked on day one. Yeah, like that's on day a special one, yeah. thing. That should be that that should still be the expectation. But no, that's like a special award for yeah. a game that works on day one now. Well yeah, and, and and the the other thing to say is like this isn't the case for all games. There's a lot of games that come out and they're perfectly fine and great, like or they have small issues that are very quickly, you know, uh, tweaked and fixed. Like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy came out and I had little to no issues with that. There was maybe one visual thing that happened right at the start of the game that they patched out very quickly. And like you said, Halo was fine. I mean, I've been playing like a lot of JRPGs, Tales of Arise, for example, perfectly fine. A lot of games are absolutely fine, but there are there are a few too many for my... T- like, it shouldn't be happening with Grand Theft Auto. It and should not and be and happening and with and Battlefield. And Grand Theft Auto aside, where we've seen what a mess that is, single-player games, I think, for the most part, you're more likely to have a decent experience on, on day one. It's not always perfect, but more likely. Anytime yeah. you get into the online realm that's when you're going to there's obviously the whole other burden of server issues and player balancing yeah. and stuff like that and it becomes much more messy that's why battlefield's in such a mess right now that's why we've seen so many of these problems where you know games just don't work on day one if they if they have like a big online component so i for me my solution now is just to wait like basically yeah. basically live six months behind everyone else if the game's popular and it worked out and it's a hit there'll still be playing there'll be people playing it from six months from now i'll jump in after it's been properly patched and now i'm playing the game that should have shipped on day one mm. instead of having all the frustration the problem is we as gamers don't learn our lesson we'll come yeah. on here and go oh enough is enough but then, we'll, then we on mass will still go out and buy the next broken release from ea or activision or rockstar or whoever not me baby never um that was a long time on one story so we're gonna blitz through the next couple uh speaking of good fun games halo infinite has been given an update which is music to our ears this story comes from the second best video game website on the internet that is of course gamespot.com once again eddie mccouch writes the halo infinite xp changes are have been announced and they are going to affect soon in response to negative feedback 343 Industries has announced further steps to help improve the XP and progression systems in Halo Infinite's multiplayer beta. Community manager Joss Junisek, I think that's right. Sorry, John, sorry, John. Apologies for butchering your name. Ran through the changes on Twitter saying players can expect increased XP payouts for the first six matches each day. Here is the rundown. So first game will be 300 experience points, second 200, third 200, fourth 100, fifth and sixth also 100, and then seventh plus 50. Um, We believe this increase will help address the slower initial uh, payouts while also benefiting those of you jumping in each and every day, John said. Um, when going, He went on to say that 343 understands that players want to see even more substantial changes to experience points and the studio plans to deliver such changes, but it might not happen soon. We know many of you want even larger changes and we're committed to doing so, but those will take time. We made this update based on data and player feedback and we'll monitor its impact after we push it live tomorrow morning. As always, keep sharing your feedback. This is the second update to Halo Infinite's XP system since the multiplayer launched on November 15th. The first added daily play one game challenges, updated existing weekly challenges, and doubled the duration of double XP boosts. Uh, These changes represent just a start 
Um, so you can expect more in the future. So that's a basically they've made the battle pass a little easier to get along, um, which is music to my ears. I don't know how you feel about it, um, Gary. I'm sure you're excited about it too. This is this is another one that I've been following because, as you know, I've been playing a lot of Halo. Mm -hmm. It's it's this is only really my second real experience with a bat with, with a game that has like a battle pass type component because I don't typically play a lot of these kind of games. And the other one is Fall Guys because that has a, what they call it the fame path, but it's their mm -hmm. it's their battle pass basically. As you go up to the levels, you earn cosmetics and kudos and cute little bean costumes and stuff. And it's you know it's fun to see your level go. Yeah, you know, we like seeing the numbers go up in video games, right? We'll we'll always be addicted to our to dinging and and going up. It's not the reason I why I play the game though. I enjoy playing Halo. And I think the, the to me, I mean I'm just speaking for myself, I don't care as much about the issues with the battle pass as a lot of people who seem to be really focused on progression and rewards are. Mm. It's, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's all just cosmetic stuff, right? Your, your level number doesn't really mean anything. Players don't see it when you go into a game. So it's not like you get to wear it on your sleeve and, and brag about it. They can kind of tell based on like the cosmetics you might be wearing. Oh, this guy must have played a lot because he has yeah. a lot of high level armor or whatever. But for the most part, it doesn't mean anything. They're all cosmetics. It's not like I'm going to get better weapons or things that are going to actually help me play the game. It's just all cosmetics. And then the thing is the cosmetic, I mean, maybe if there's a criticism on my end, this is the cosmetics are kind of lame. Like here's a shoulder piece or whatever. None of it's really that exciting. Or here's a challenge swap. Like that, I, I don't really care. I think maybe maybe it's just that people aren't seeing the numbers go up quickly enough. Like right, they've introduced this new system. But before today, you basically, if, if all you got was the 50 XP for playing a game, you were, it would take you 20 matches to go up one level. And that's yeah. a lot, right? So people are just feeling like it's taking too long to see the numbers go up. But that's yeah. all it is. It's nothing tangible. It's nothing real. It's just watching the numbers go up. And my other question about it is, I feel like this is an interesting balancing issue for any company that deploys a game that has a battle pass, is how do you find that? Because obviously there's all kinds of players that play at different levels. There's people like me that play, you know, maybe every day or maybe a couple of times a week, but then there's people that are grinding 24 seven. Mm. So there's people progressing through the battle pass at all kinds of different speeds. How do you find that balance that is satisfying for everybody because now that they're now that they're adding to the xp gains and making it easy to progress through the battle pass this season is supposed to last several months right what do you then do with the players that, that burn through all the content hit level whatever yeah. it is 100 and now and now you've got another complaint which is well I, i've burned through it too quickly now there's nothing for me to earn so it's like you've got to you've got to kind of i kind of feel like there's almost kind of a no-win scenario with these battle passes trying to find a progression that suits everybody someone's always going to complain yeah, I think I think that's the tricky part of it because I mean like it's really interesting the battle pass thing. I don't care about it, but I sometimes find myself looking at the battle pass and being frustrated by it even though and then I have to remind myself, "Wait, you don't actually care about this." Which says a lot about the psychology of how games are designed to almost uh kind of like um trick not trick you but like suggest the, the, the fact that you should care about this subconsciously and it's the idea of you might be playing a game multiplayer but you still to a degree want some sort of indicator of your time invested and progress remember back in the day when we played multiplayer games and we just played them and that was it there was no like you know the, you've made it this far in a battle pass you've unlocked this this and this we played let's take it pretty far back i don't know quake or goldeneye or whatever counter-strike what it may be you played three hours of counter-strike and then you turned it off and that was it these days however people want it to be like i played three hours of counter-strike and it was fun but what do i have to show for it 
and that's kind of like where battle passes come into a degree but also like keeping people hooked on the 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 um cosmetic side of it i do have that moment where i'm like okay i'm tired of looking at my standard issue spartan and i would be good to see you know some mix uh mix up the cosmetics here and there especially as someone who like back in the day had like the recon armor and the hayabusa armor and all the flaming heads and all that nonsense and i remember being like jazzed by that stuff um but these days it's like I play it and yeah. I'm like, oh, I've got boring it, it's, stuff. It's different for I, everyone, but like the armor, the armor that I'm wearing, I earned like five, ten levels ago. I just that's the armor that I like, and yeah. I've, I've picked up a bunch of pieces since then that I just haven't used because I like the armor that I have. So I'm not too excited about the cosmetics. The biggest issue for me, and this is what I talked about earlier, is I just don't like how their challenge system works. Whether yeah. I win or lose, I, I get the same number of XP whether I win or lose in a game. I don't feel like I'm being rewarded for how well I'm playing. I wish some of the challenges were more generically tied to how well you play. Like if you if you have a positive KDA, here's a here's mm. an extra XP. If your if your team wins, have some extra XP. But right now whether I, whether I play really really well or really really badly, I get the same number of points. And where I'm being rewarded is for sp very specific things that I don't want to do. Like get 10 kills with this weapon that you hate using. Oh, fuck that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn one of my challenge swaps. Okay, we swapped yeah. it out. Now I get 10 kills with this other weapon that you hate using. Like, it's asking me to do a bunch of stuff that I don't want to do, whereas I'd rather be rewarded for just being good at the game in general. Yeah, I agree. Kevin, you were going to say something there. No, I was just going to say that uh, we expect rewards, but a lot of times we're paying for stuff, you know, like for battle yeah. passes and whatnot. That's true. So I, I that do think true. that, like, that is directly connected with, like, well, I paid $10 for the next three months of, of getting these things that don't change the gameplay at all are just like aesthetics swaps. So I, I do think like there's a little bit of validation there with that. So I, I don't yeah. think it's just us being like, gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah. We've got a few more stories, but uh, we went quite long on these two. So we're gonna um, kick it over to uh, get a word from our sponsors. But before we do that, remember you can go to patreon.com forward slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. If you did that, great. If not, you're about to get some ads in your face. Enjoy. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Did you know that colder weather makes it easier to miss the classic signs of dehydration like overheating and perspiration? That's why, even though it's colder out, it's more important than ever to keep your body properly hydrated. Luckily, Liquid IV makes hydration easier than ever. I love Liquid IV. Uh, there's been a ton of mornings where I'm waking up not feeling that great. Then, boom, you pour some of this in the water next thing you know you're hydrated uh liquid iv is not an actual iv drip but it does hydrate you faster and more efficiently than plain old water but that's because liquid iv uses cellular transport technology which is a very fancy way of saying it contains the perfect balance of vitamins to help you hydrate quicker grab your favorite liquid iv flavors nationwide at walmart or you can get 25 percent off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code kfgd at checkout that's 25 percent off anything you order when you get better hydration today using promo code kfgd at liquidiv.com next up shout out to purple there's no gift better than the gift of a great night's sleep give yourself the gift of the best of the best a purple mattress i 
have so many glowing things to say about purple. You guys have heard it for years. The pillow changed my life because guess what? There is no hot side. You never need to flip it to the cold side because they're both cold sides. It's fantastic. Purple mattresses are the best because they're the only ones around with the gel flex grid. That's what makes all that flipping possible. It's a super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts and flexes around pressure points, supports and cushions you in all the right places and doesn't retain heat. Oh, and I love that. Getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. Get a purple mattress. Go to purple.com slash games 10 and use code games 10 for a limited time. You can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash games 10 code games 10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more purple.com slash games 10 promo code games 10 terms apply and finally shout out to DraftKings, nfl fans the fantasy football season doesn't just start in september every week is a new shot to win big cash prizes at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the nfl and this week new customers can play free for millions with their first deposit don't sit on the sidelines get in the game playing daily fantasy football is simple just pick your lineup of nfl stars while staying under the salary cap and score enough points to bring home cash and with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes, you'll feel the NFL action like never before. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code KINDAFUNNY to play free for millions. That's right. Enter promo code KINDAFUNNY to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. Do not miss out. Download DraftKings and play with the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. There's a minimum $5 deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details next story comes from vgc's tom ivan who's a top lad used to work with him sat beside him for many years put a stake in his drawer for months actually andy did it but yeah it was weird. He never uh, i think it was raw andy did it he just chucked it in there it was like let's see if he notices he didn't notice for a while so we had to take it out because was there it was a smell? weird i think it started that's when we took it out annie robinson oh and me oh tom we did some wild shit in that office um, and it was a lovely time and the story is cd project says it's way too early for cyberpunk 2077 to come to xbox game pass <laughs> cd project red has cd project sorry has said that it's way too soon for cyberpunk 2077 to join uh, any console subscription services during an investor q a on monday the company was asked if it has considered bringing the game to subscription services like game pass we always consider any business opportunity, but this kind of subscription model is good at a certain moment of the life cycle of the product. So not too early, President Adam Kaczynski responded. Witcher 3 was for some time in a subscription, Xbox Game Pass and PlayStation Now, but we have to weigh the benefit and cost each time. So we have to compare it to sales. So it's a decision based on data. It's way too early for Cyberpunk. Earlier this month, a CD Projekt Red spokesperson told VGC there are no Game Pass plans for Cyberpunk 27 after footage of the title was included in a marketing video for the Xbox service. Cyberpunk 2077 was released in December 2020 and was available for uh, as little as $9.99 over the Black Friday period. CD Projekt Red said on Monday that the new gen versions of Cyberpunk 2077 and The Witcher 3 are on track to meet their recently delayed launch windows. During an investor Q&A, Kaczynski also... Um, reiterated plans to gradually introduce multiplayer functionality for both the cyberpunk and witcher franchises so this is an interesting one mainly because is it a case of it's too early uh, because the life cycle is it a case of because it's still got a lot of work to do before they can get it in there i i am like of the opinion that it's 
Game Pass is only a benefit to a lot of these uh, these projects, especially when it's like we need a win in this. In we need a, a win in this, this the story of this game. How do you feel about that, Gary? First of all, I think it's funny that CD Projekt Red finally decide that now is the time to associate Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven with the concept of way too early. Like where <laughs> where was that association when they decide to ship the fucking game? That's now fair. now they decide things are way too early. It was way too early to ship the game. Look how broken mm-hmm. it was. Let's go back to our earlier conversation. This is a perfect example of a game that I've been waiting on. I was really excited about Cyberpunk yeah. 2070. Exactly my kind of game. Love that kind of world. Love the GTA um, open world vibe. I was, it was my, one of my most anticipated games. And then it shipped, and I was, I was glad that I waited. And I'm still waiting. By, mm-hmm. by all accounts, I've, I've been following all the, all the patches and updates. The PC version, I think, is actually in a fairly decent state. I, pl- I think I'm probably just going to wait for the next-gen console versions and get to a point where the consensus is, yes, this is the game that they should have shipped. Again, I want to have a good experience with the game that I have a lot of you know anticipation for the first time I play it. So I'm just going to wait. I've got other things to do. There's many other games out there to play. I will get to Cyberpunk 2077 when it's properly ready for me to play. Um in terms of the game pass of it all, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Microsoft could have had a hand in this decision. They, they might not. If the game is still has has got a lot of technical issues, especially on the the current and last gen uh, consoles. I don't know how how the game's currently performing on Xbox One, but I imagine not that brilliantly. I know the PS4 mm. version borderline unplayable. I don't know how well it works on the on the last gen Xbox consoles, but it may well be that Microsoft don't want it on Game Pass. They don't want to put a game that is not. Um, fit for purpose in front of their Game Pass audience. It's not a good look for them. Yeah, I wonder if it also has something to do with the perception around the value and of Cyberpunk if they put it in right now and also kind of the intention from CD Projekt Red. A game on that scale, like, um, you know, when a game is announced as a Game Pass exclusive from the outset, there's a different perception of the value of it and the quality of it compared to when a game comes out, has a rocky, really, really rocky release and and kind of like a, a big fall off in interest and then they put it on. I wonder if there's a concern, like if we put it on um, Game Pass right now, people will think that it's basically trash and, and they're just trying whatever they can to try and drum up some interest around it, which may or may not be the case. But from a perception wise, I think that there could be an I element mean, of that. I don't know at this point, what, what more can they, can Cyberpunk's reputation really go any lower? It got removed from the fucking PlayStation yeah. store. One of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen in my life and i still do believe that there is a redemption arc for cyberpunk 2077 in the future i think that you know we'll we'll always remember it'll always be part of its history that they fucked up the launch you know to an historically bad level that will always be a stain on you there'll there'll be no telling of the cyberpunk 277 story 10 15 20 years now when we're looking back on it historically we'll always talk about the botched launch but i do think it will get to a point where it's it's the genuinely really good, fully functional game that it should have been mm. on day one. I, I am optimistic about the next gen versions. I think they will get it there. Um, it's it's just a shame that they went through all of this. And it, again, completely unnecessary. The bean counters decided better to ship it now and make a quick buck. You know, yeah. they still sold millions and millions of copies at launch. Better to ship it now and get those numbers. You know, in our Q Q four report. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll worry about the damage down the line. Again, because they know as much as gamers will bellyache in the moment, when Cyberpunk 2 comes out or Witcher 4 comes out, everyone's going to, people will go, ooh, but they fucked up the last game. They, but they're still going to come in and pre-order that, yeah. the game until gamers actually start voting with their wallets, which will never happen. Mm. Um, this, yeah, it's going to continue. 
but I, I do yeah. look forward to playing it when I feel like it's fully, fully there. Yeah, same. Like I dipped into it after a bunch of the patches were released, and it seems playable in most places. Like I did PC, and I tried a bit of the PlayStation One, and it seemed okay. But I do hope that there is a kind of like a big, big, big moment where it's like, oh, hey, we we kind of fixed it, and it looks and it's in a good place now, and it is where it should be, and you should check it out. And, and by the way, um, I don't think a game being on Game pa Game Pass is in any way considered a stigma or a mark against it. Yeah, oh, it's on Game Pass. How good can it be? Fucking Halo Infinite's on Game Pass. Forza yeah, yeah, yeah. Horizon Five's on Game Pass. Age of Empires yeah, is on I mean, Game Pass. All yeah, kinds I of think, fantastic no, games on Game Pass. Come on, guys. We know that. Yeah, Xbox I think for me, it's like. I think like Game Pass is incredible and uh, like I would love to see it. For me, it was kind of like, I wonder if there's a thinking on their side where it looks like we can't do it until we fix this thing and it's amazing. Otherwise, it looks like we're basically giving up and giving it away for this thing. I, yeah, I don't at all foresee any uh, Game Pass, I think game it pass might, as I being mean, a devaluation I of a thing. No, not at all. And I think from, yeah. given that the game has some reputational damage to fix and it might be a lot of people might be at this point a little bit, oh, do I really want to pony up $60 on this game? I've heard a lot of bad things. Putting it on Game Pass could be a part of its redemption narrative because yeah. you know it, it's you know there are a lot of games that I might not otherwise try, but I will because they're in Game Pass because I basically already paid for the game. Why not try it out? Um, it might mm. it might actually be a great way for them to get the game in when it's in a fully ready to go state in front of an audience that otherwise might have been a bit gun shy about you know dropping sixty bucks on it. For sure. Our next story comes from gamesindustry.biz. Uh, Jeffrey Russo writes, uh, Nintendo updates policies to increase push for diversity. Today, Nintendo released an updated corporate governance, governance report that details increased efforts on diversity. The platform holder said that it is recruiting women and creating an environment in which women can build successful careers. However, Nintendo added added it doesn't have specific targets for the appointment of women of or foreign nationals to its managerial ranks as of march 31st 2021 women represented 23.7 percent of nintendo's managerial staff globally and 4.2 percent of managers in japan as a global company engaging in the entertainment business which is characterized by increasingly diversifying customer needs and preferences it is essential that we leverage the talents of a diverse workforce, the company said. The updated policies to the company's diversity comes a week after Nintendo of America President Doug Bowser commented on the ongoing situation at Activision Blizzard. So I think this is just a good story that we want to call out. Um, kind of interesting that Nintendo has kind of stepped forward and said, this is something that we need to do um, in light of everything that's going on. And I'm glad to see it happen. Um, how, how do you feel about it, Gary? Um, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's a positive story. This is... This obviously is an area in which every company in gaming, every company in the world has still has work to do. Um, what I like, I mean, it, maybe it's a little bit reactive to kind of what's going on yes. in the in the broader culture right now. But, you know, when when Activision say they're going to do something, I'm very, very skeptical because they feel like they have to say it because their back's against the wall because they're getting all this negative press right now. Nintendo's not under that kind of pressure. For, so for them to come out voluntarily and say, this is something we're going to do because we think it's the right thing to do. Again, I'll, you know, Put your money where your mouth is. I'll fully believe it when I see it. A press release isn't the actual change we want to see. Let's let's wait and see if they actually back it up. But I appreciate that they are coming out and saying it without, you know, being under any particular pressure to do so because you know they're not the ones in the firing line right now. But they're still saying they're going to try and do the right thing. Yeah, it's good to see it happening, especially globally. Like Japanese companies have their own kind of idiosyncrasies when it comes to workplaces and that kind of stuff. And traditionally, right. you know, they approach things in a more conservative way to a degree, but it's good to see that the kind of push for global, for uh, diversity and 
um, is kind of permeating all corners of the world to a degree, and hopefully it continues. Um, our fifth and final story comes once again from VGC's Tom Ivan, who says, Starfield has two special step-out-of-the-world moments, Todd Howard teases. Bethesda Game Studios has released the first in a new series of Starfield behind-the-scenes videos, titled Into the Starfield, The Endless Pursuit. The seven-minute video features insight into the development process from Bethesda game director Todd Howard, studio director Angela Browder, and art director Matt Carofano. In it, they discuss how the game is more grounded and realistic than the studio's fantasy titles, but still equally capable of providing awe-inspiring moments. It got a more realistic science-based backing to it, said Carofano. Whereas Skyrim is an epic fantasy, this is more grounded, a more grounded game and a grounded setting about exploration, and I think that gives us a different take on how we make everything. So that's sort of the thing that you latch onto when we're making new areas, making environments, making characters. Howard added, the mechanics of the world are entirely different, but there are similarities, and I think that those are things we like. We like playing first person. We like having all the coffee cups. We like being able to touch everything. Those moments make the whole thing believable. Being able to watch the sunset at night and, at, and nighttime come and just sit there and watch the world go by seems like it's not gameplay, but it is vital to how you feel through the rest of it. Howard also discussed the feeling players get when they first step into a new game mode. We always have that step out moment into the world, so to say, technology has changed, we've all changed. So our expectation when loading up a game are like, okay, I'm going to step out and there's going to be this moment. Us being able to do that and have it feel new every generation, every game is something that is special about what we do. I like to say that Starfield has two step out moments. It's cryptic. So uh, basically they're saying, this is a different setting, but the things that you want out of Starfield is going to be very similar to what you probably want out of an Elder Scrolls, Fallout, that kind of game. And I think it's also interesting that they're finally talking about the game, and it seems like this is the first of many um, upcoming uh, behind-the-scenes documentary-style um, uh, videos. So exciting times, uh, Gary, for Starfield fans. Yeah, a couple of things. First, in general, I actually think that's a really interesting... Uh, mm -hmm. topic for a um, for a whole other conversation, which is like, what are the what what are the great or what are your favorite step into the world type moments in video games? Because there have been some great ones. Right, I still remember twenty years ago stepping out that escape pod in the first Halo and seeing the Halo ring. Oh yeah, for the first time and looking up at it, and it just feels like this. Oh my god, this is a vast world. Um, you know, the big RPGs have that. I still remember um, crossing into Mexico in Red Dead Redemption yeah. for the first time. Um, you know, those moments, right, they just give you a chill and you feel like you're fully part of this world. I think there's a really, that, that would be a whole other podcast. Like, what are the, what are those, because the, there's, there's a great pantheon of those kind of great moments. I've mentioned mm. just a couple, but I know there are many more. Um, so far as Starfield is concerned, yes, very, very high on my list right now. If you say, if you, if you say to me, which I believe is the proposition they're, they're saying right now, all the, all the depth and scope and granularity of a game like Skyrim, but set in outer space with spaceships and aliens and stuff and a mm. more Mass Effect kind of vibe. Yeah, I'm all the way in. That's that's exactly the kind of game that uh, I wish you know a, a AAA developer was making, and they are making it. At the same time, to go back to our earlier conversation, Bethesda has shipped some broken-ass games um, in, its, in its not too distant past, and I really, really hope that, again, this is interesting, right? It's the, the first, maybe the very first big release under the auspices of the new Microsoft ownership, I'm sure Phil Spencer, who delayed Halo for a year because it wasn't ready, is probably looking over Todd Howard's shoulder and saying, well, you know, this is not going to ship until 
you know, it's we're not going to have another, you know, Fallout 76 situation yeah. with this game. It's going to ship when it's right. I hope that's the case. Mm. Um, and I and I and I want to believe, but again, we just we talked earlier about just how many times we've been bitten in the past. But that aside, the type of game this is and the kind of experience that it's offering, yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, I, I think like you are right, but the the thing that I am kind of confident a little more in is like from the Phil Spencer and the team there that, you know, it's just not him making that decision on his own. It's multiple people probably. If they're willing to delay Halo um, for a little while and make these very like divisive takes uh, uh, decisions on Halo, I feel like they are invested in making sure that the stuff they put out is super, super high quality. So that is exciting. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Like I'm excited to... The prospect of a new Bethesda Game Studios title that is a little more grounded but still has those things is is incredibly exciting to me. And it's one of the reasons why I have such a visceral response to every new re-release of Skyrim. And I love Skyrim, um, but I'm noted for being an anti-Skyrim re-release person, mainly for banter, but also because like the potential for a new one, a new ha- having kind of like that defining a culture defining moment again is super super high with anything that bethesda does last time they tried it we had fallout 76 which didn't go so i think i'm just incredibly incredibly thirsty for a new something that hits as hard as you know fallout 3 did or uh skyrim did so it's exciting i don't want to i don't want to derail the whole conversation but it is mm-hmm. i think it's really interesting do you have do you have a personal favorite one of those step into the world type moments? I I mean, think, here's the thing it doesn't have to be even be step i think of it more as like you're waiting for, you know when you're waiting for like the beat to drop yeah, you know, you, you, when, when you're waiting for that, it's gonna, it's gonna drop. Here comes the drop. Like I feel like really great games have that drop. Like for me, like Skyrim, the dragon showing up kind of is when yeah. the beat drops. Um, sometimes it can be much later in the game. Like again, riding into Mexico, that's like pretty deep into the game, but it still feels like the game um, opens up. I was just thinking yeah. about Bioshock Infinite when you first see Columbia above the clouds. It's like, oh my god, fucking hell! Like yeah, this and- game has kicked into into high gear now. Yeah. What what do you do? You have any favorites the, of your own? The, like another one to mention. Like I want to say it's my favorite, but like the bathosphere in the first Bioshock when you're going to Rapture from oh when you from see Rapture for that's the first incredible. time, yeah, yeah. And another one that again, not one of my favorites, personal favorites, but I think is genuinely breathtaking is Breath of the Wild when you do the run up to the hill and the yep. camera pans up along vista, with you, yeah, and then you just see everything out and it does the the titles title sequence incredible my personal favorites are perhaps a little more understated and i'm going to live up to my reputation and absolute fandom for it but i think from software does really really good ones and they're not in the traditional sense they have an almost understated quality to it like when you leave the uh the clinic in bloodborne and go out into yarnum and there's like the the title card of the uh of the area and there's like a almost the sound of like a hammer hitting uh a kind of nail at the same time and it's just like this visceral here you're out in the world and it's scary and it's like unsettling i think that they do that really well and also like anytime you go into like one of the safe zones like Majula or Firelink Shrine or um, Firelink Shrine again or, or you know, the dilapidated temple. There's like a moment of emerging into that environment, which is kind of like it feels epic. And it also feels like a mixture of this is a safe zone, but it's only a safe zone because the rest of everything out there is so horrible. And that kind of like this is about kickoff shit is about to hit the fan moment with those games is super, super big for me, I think. Um, and also the one that I really like, or another that I like is Metal Gear Solid 5, where you just go into Afghanistan for the first time. And it is liquid, not liquid. Um, it is also like telling, you know, let the legend live again. And then you just kind of like turns and you're just snake. 
and you just have the entire vast uh, kind of vista in front of you and you're just left there, which was major for me because it was like, that's not how Metal Gear Solid games open. And it was a very powerful statement of this is a different kind of Metal Gear Solid game for you. And I thought that was incredibly powerful for me. There's so, there's so many good ones that I'm not even thinking of right now, but I feel like we could have that discussion. Like you do like a whole games cast just about this. Oh, topic. 100%. Yeah, we should favorites. do that. Yeah. For sure. Anyways, uh, that podcast probably won't be coming anytime soon. But if I wanted to know <laughs> what is coming soon to Mama Grub Shops today, Gary, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Hey. What you got? There it is. <laughs> a lot of energy behind that yeah. one. There it is. It was, it was, there, there was, I was waiting for Kevin because I didn't yeah, want to. Was this yeah. Yeah. like a recorded drop there? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're probably not listening to the feedback, right? The video yeah, yeah, that yeah. we're sending out, Gary? Oh, but, but usually I can hear it, though. I Usually Weird. I, usually I yeah, hear it without... You, ha you have to watch the... Yeah, the that'll thing. be it. This is, this is a mistake I've made almost every week, Gary. But, um, okay. So uh, today we have World's End Club for PC, MXGP 2021 for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, S, Xbox One, PC, your microwave, your fridge, your pocket watch, whatever it may be, it's out on that. Fight Night, not Fight Night, the boxing game, Fight Night with a K for PC. Um, Oddworld Soulstorm Enhanced Edition for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, S, Xbox One, PC, your vacuum cleaner. Prop Knight for PC, Evil Genius 2 World Domination for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, S, Xbox One, your microwave, your rice cooker, Tank de la Muerta, <laughs> Switch, Mind Scanners for Switch, and Buried Stars for PC. New dates, uh, Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song has been delayed to May 2022. Dying Light has gone gold and will be out on February 4th, 2022. Um, not a new, new story there, but interesting, it's gone gold two months ahead of its release, which is, I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. Uh, BBC iPlayer is now available on PS5. I just wanted to drop that in there for us Brits. You'd love to see it. Only um, in certain regions, I'm sure. Only in certain regions, yeah. yeah. We probably can't get it here, but I've got, I've got a kind of- I would love uh, that. I would, I would yeah. pay the BBC real money to have access to that iPlayer yeah. content, but I'm sure there's all kinds of reasons why. I think I'm still paying the BBC, which is a good reminder. I have, I, I have an app called BritBox, but it's crap. Yeah, so I have a I have a multiple brothers in in the UK who, let's just say we do some stuff and I get what I need off the BBC oh, okay. when I need right. it. <laughs> the less said, the better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deals of the day: uh, Dishonored and Prey, the Arcane Collection for Xbox One is twenty dollars on Amazon, which is a fantastic deal because you're getting multiple Dishonored games. That alone is worth the price of entry. But if you have Game Pass, it's also on that as well for no idea. I can tell you haven't been here very long. So this will all change the longer you're here, but you still say Amazon and not Amazon. That'll change. Amazon. 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 Do you say router? Router. Instead of router? Yeah. No, he says Which router. one's the British one? Router. Router. I say router, yeah. Okay. Not router. I have a weird mix mismatch. It's funny. Yeah. It's words like that are weird for me because I've lived here long enough that like routers weren't a thing in 1996 when I moved mm. here. Yeah. And obviously they became <laughs> a thing. Oh, in June. So I only ever heard it as routers. And when I first heard a British person say router, I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah. I have a weird, like sometimes people will say, oh, you say it the American way. How long have you been here? And it's not because I've been here very long. It's because one South Asian born in Pakistan English is technically not my first language. Um, 
And then also I grew up on American TV shows as well as Japanese. So I picked up like different pronunciations from around the world. So my vocab and pronunciation is very strange. Um, mm. And a lot of people love to let me know. Same. About it's it. like words that are in common usage here. I've kind of gone over to the American way of saying it because, you know, you just you just do. Um, yeah. But words that aren't that you that, that aren't used very often, I, I, I'll, I'll still retain. Like I still say um, laboratory. Instead of oh, laboratory, like weird laboratory. things like that, because like who said like I'm not a, like who like how often would I have cause to use that word? So because it doesn't come up in very in, very often in conversation, it's not one that has has had cause to kind of go over to the other way right. of saying it. So there's still sometimes like even in front of my wife, I'll like say an English word. She's like, wait, wait, what? And then I have to explain <laughs> it to her like. It's not a word that I would say every day, so I still say it the English way. So uh, as you can probably tell, like uh, we're going to talk about my pronunciation again a little bit, but I have a lot of struggle talking to like people who work in service industry because of the way I speak. I don't say my T's, and, and I have a very East End kind of pronunciation, and people really struggle. It, like online, people give me shit for it all the time, and I'm like, I can't change it, man. It's the way I am. But when I'm out like asking for things at a store they or like at a restaurant they really do not get and i have to do a fake american accent yeah for them i used to, to do that I, yeah when, when i first came to america i was like you know what fuck these guys i'm going to speak the queen's english and they, if they can't understand me it's their problem yeah. but it's not their problem it actually is my problem because i can't get the things that i want i go to a restaurant and say can i get can i have some butter and some water please and yeah they would go they would go why is it some butter and some and some water and they would go and they, oh butter yeah, ex that's exactly. And then they would understand. Mine, mine, yeah, it's mine is an evolution of yours, where I don't say butter, I say butter, and then I, I don't oh, yeah, say I water, say I say water. Yeah, and they're like, what? And then I have to be like, water. And do you remember like, that? Oh, okay. do, you remember, do you remember that old jingle they used to have for? I, I think it was Country Life Butter. It was you'll never put a better bit of butter on your knife. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It always reminded me of like Fagan, uh, love to pick a pocket or two, uh, <laughs> like the same kind of vibe to it in my head. Uh, read a mail. Now it's time for read a mail. You can write into patreon.com forward slash kind of funny games where you can get your questions read on the show. Just like no one, no one sent in read a mail. I checked so multiple times time, and no one sent in. You hate to see it. I, but I just wanted to call out the fact that you can send in read a mail. And if you're not sending in read a mail, you're actively dropping the ball. Um, we do have a squad up though. Um, this comes from Jordan who says, Hey there, kind of funny games daily crew with Spider-Man dropping in Marvel's Avengers today. I wanted to remind all the listeners about the kind of funny Avengers discord where you can find best friends to partner up with. Anyone can join by going to invite.gg forward slash KF Avengers. That's invite.gg forward slash KF Avengers. So if you want to play some, um, uh, Marvel's Avengers now with Spider-Man's out, just Jump in there and you can uh, find other people. Uh, let's look at your wrong. I expect there's going to be absolutely nothing in here because we are, of course, perfect. We never there's nothing in here. We don't there's nothing wrong. in here. There's nothing in here. We you should just it. drop the segment whenever just we're just on. Drop the we segment. Don't get things exactly. Wrong. We, don't, we don't get things. That's not how we do. Um, this week's hosts, Wednesday, Blessing, and have we decided who it is? Because it just says question mark, question mark. I don't it's know. Be, I don't know. So it's a surprise. According to a this, fun it's going to be Blessing and the Riddler will be here. Um, Thursday, it's Tim and me again, I assume. Uh, and then Friday is going to be Janet and Rebecca Valentine. Oh, I have an update to on tomorrow, not the Riddler. Okay, but who's one, not the Riddler? One, Michael Hyam. Oh, oh, Michael Hyam, cool. the biggest susio on the in the games industry. He's if you're watching weird. live, <laughs> he's the, if you're watching live on Twitch after this, we are raising money for Project Hope and their team. Uh, Greg Miller is going to be back, and they're going to be playing Marvel's Avengers with Snowback Mike, and you get to see how Spider-Man plays 
on the day Spidey is released. If you want sure, to catch that stream later, smoothly. I'm sure it'll be absolutely fine. That's a high um, bar, isn't it, for Marvel's Avengers? Because the, the Insomniac Spider-Man games are so good, and it's oh like it's not a totally it's so, different play so style. So it's going to get compared, right? And I'm yeah, guessing yeah. it's not 100%. as good. No, no, it's not. Like, if only they had figured out a deal to be like, can we do Wolverine instead or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that, the Insomniac stuff is good, but the high bar for me still is Capcom in the Marvel versus Capcom's, um, you know, series, because Spider-Sting, no, oh, an incredible version of that character. Um, if you want to catch the stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com forward slash kind of funny plays, and you can watch that uh, charity stream. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv forward slash Kind of Funny Games, we run you through all the nerdy news you need to know about. We've got a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level on patreon.com forward slash Kind of Funny Games now. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, laugh and grow fat. Hashtag free Marvel versus Capcom 2.